Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is James Denny. James has been a 15-year backstep career firefighter who's been recently promoted to engineer for the Del Rio Fire Department in Texas. James believes you must train like you play. If the area you're in is hot, train in it to get your body acclimated to the weather for them. With that being said, I present Mr. James Denny. Hi, my name is James Denny. I'm a firefighter with the city of Del Rio, uh, Texas. Been a firefighter for the past 15 years, newly promoted to engineer operator. Uh, story kind of goes along like this. Uh, my brother's a firefighter. He's, he's been a firefighter two years longer than I have. Uh, pretty much, he's got me into the game. He, did, he doesn't really realize it, but he's kind of a mentor to me. As far as the life aspect goes, man, he's doing it right. Uh, about 15 years ago, he gets in. He's roughly in about two years, and he says, hey, man, he, goes, he knows I was kind of struggling, looking for a job. Uh, had, a, had a small family at the time, you know, young young parent. He tells me, man, I think you'd be really, really good at this job. Sure enough, man, he goes, just fill out an application. At that time, my wife was up in uh, in Florida visiting family. I think she was there for a funeral, which kind of was, was kind of sucky. She was pregnant with my firstborn child, and uh, well, I'm sorry, my secondborn child. And, uh, you know, I go ahead and take this test. You know, it's a civil service exam. Take the civil service exam. I, I pass it. Right after that, I, I go on to taking my physical agility. Now, our physical agility is a little tough because it's an actual combat challenge. So they give you a five-minute five minute time limit, and you got to complete it. Got it done within like 3.30, 3.40, somewhere in that area. So I, I felt very confident in myself. Man, was I dying at the end, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, my, my my brother's boys went and picked me up by my suspenders because we were wearing full gear. And they pretty much said, hey, you're Ben's brother, right? And I'm said, yes, sir. He goes, well, we're, we're sad. We're, we're sorry for you. I'm like, why is that? He goes, well, your brother's there. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much good jokes within my brother's uh, crew. So, uh you know, I waited about a year. Uh, was working at our local local airport space here, doing some uh, parts. Uh, I was getting airplane parts for the, the people who re- actually repair the planes. And uh, my time was coming up pretty much right at the at the cut line where they're gonna have to start testing again. I actually got picked up. Weird story, weird coincidence. My brother had it, same thing happened to my brother. He got picked up on the last day of the of the list okay. before it got, it got expired. So. Get hired on. Didn't expect much. Uh, went through a, an online fire academy. Okay. So online fire academy, very, very different. I went through a company called Training Division, which is, you know, I give them hand, uh, hands down. They earned a lot of my respect. So everything was online. Skills, we actually went to a two-week boot camp up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, got all our skills done. We took our state test over there. Got everything completed there. And they treated us actually like firefighters because they're like, hey, you're living in a dorm room. Uh, you got to respect it. You had to do your duties. Got to clean up. I mean, the only thing we did not do was cook for ourselves, but okay. we did cook clean. We did clean for our cook. Okay. So, uh, super cool place to be. I mean, you get a lot of Canadians there. Got a, I got to meet a lot of my current friends that I do know now out of Canada. They're up there, and that they went to the same schooling as I did, just to just just to obtain their IPSAC seals. So. Long story short, passed my stuff, went, went into an online ENT academy. And that's where I kind of had my, you know, had my ass handed to me. A mm-hmm. uh, little tricky, you know, trying to read a book and actually, you know, mentally put two and two together just to see how things are actually going. But then we, we did have the guys that were across the way because our academy was connected to one of the stations. So we constantly were able to feed off of them and ask them questions. And, you know, we got our direction and we went forward from there. Okay. Uh, got on shift about a year later. A year later, I can remember my first fire, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, had a lot of guys that were stepped up that day. So had a, a stepped up engineer driver, had a stepped up lieutenant that day, stepped up captain that day. So, uh, by the way, captain in our department is going to be considered a battalion chief. Okay. Uh, so, so first fire of the day and I really didn't get much from it you know they were like hey good job you did an awesome job of course my whole field of view was tunnel vision I had not know what I was doing I mean no sense of direction no real training except for the fire academy and that fire academy was in a in a controlled environment so I knew I wasn't gonna get hurt but man uh 
fast forwarded to what I am doing now, man, I'm trying to give these guys a sense of direction, I'm trying to make sure that they know where they, where they fit in, what mm-hmm. they're good at, and just trying to mold them to the best of the abilities because uh, where I came from, I had nobody to train me. Right. I mean, it, it took me my, my first five years of, of service to finally find people that were, that had the same mentality I did. And yet, uh, and it just, it just took me that long of a while to find people that were in the same mindset that I was having. So okay. I, five years, I went to my first training. I had a buddy of mine. He takes me to a fool's, a fool's extrication class. And that's where it, t- it took off from there. So okay. at that point right there, I mean, pretty much b- before any type of fire service, I got to work at the Border Patrol. I got to work at the Air Force Base for a short while. I did telecommunications because that's where I thought my whole field of, uh, of you know, my future was going to be in was in telecommunications and electronics. Mm-hmm. Turned out not to be that way at all. But, but where I'm at now, man, it's one of the best feelings and the, the best places I could be at. So, I mean, I can't, I can't argue that I'm in the wrong spot because, man, I love every single day of it. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Del Rio Fire Department? Like how big? I'm yes. Just- so, so Del Rio encompasses four fire stations. We're roughly about 50 to 55,000 people. If we included the base, we're going to be roughly about 65,000 at that. So we're a pretty small department. We house, you know, let's see, roughly on shift. There's like 20 on shift. So three shifts, you got about 60 firefighters. Okay. So that, that includes the engineers and captains and the lieutenants. So we're a small department. So when I, uh, anytime we have an alarm, uh, a full box alarm, we're sending three engines. Gotcha. That's that's automatic. Or we do have one truck, which is a quint, operates as an engine. We do not do roof work. Sad part is like we just don't do it because we don't train on it. Gotcha. But uh, they are able to do the roof work if they if, if need need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have our the station that I am, which is Station Four. We have we encompass uh, our station as well. So we do have an international airport where I'm at. And uh, we are dual certified, R certified, and structural. So when we do have our commercial flights, we will stand by on the on the on the tarmac and stand by in our new Rosenbauer and uh, kind of hang out there, and make sure that these people land safely and, and deboard the plane. Okay. Uh, so again, where I'm at, I'm midway in, in our city. I our city encompasses, you know, you got the north side, which is the good side of town, really. You know, people are well off. It's newly developed. We got our my my portion of the city, which is the biggest district, which I love because I stay very very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the south side where I just came from as a firefighter, and that was man, it's the old Del Rio. So a lot of homes in the eighteen hundreds, uh, early nineteen hundreds, dilapidated homes. It's very poor community, and then you have our station three, which is where my brother's at, which is pretty neat. So his is like a newly developed old Del Rio, if I can make it of a better sense so that that that's that's this that's the city pretty much that encompasses now we do border the, the mexican border so we do also incorporate the port of entry so a lot of our calls are going to the port of entry as well whether mm-hmm. we're delivering babies whether we're taking care of sick people that are coming across because they don't feel the need of uh one right. of their doctors there they want to come across we do take care of that as well okay um and roughly about it'd be a rough estimate how many calls you guys uh, run a year uh Every year it's going up, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working with less, which is kind of crazy. But uh, we're going up to about 4,000. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All Roughly right. about 4,000 calls a year. For, so it's we stay pretty busy. I mean, every shift is a different shift. We, right. We're lucky enough, but we don't get nothing at all. We do uh, actually help our EMS a lot. We do a lot of first response calls. So we are there assisting on, on just about a lot of other things. Okay. And are you, um, is, is the personnel, are, are y'all basics or paramedics? We do have some paramedics on board, um, mainly uh, basic. Well, I think I think the whole norm is like as as long as you're basic in Texas, you can probably squeeze in. But some of these are pr- paramedic preferred. Okay, okay. And um, explain. You did mention earlier the captain is, is is a battalion chief. Like explain that role. So so on your truck you have what 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 rank and assignments or what rank on on. Okay, so we're kind of a delta. Uh, crazy dilemma here so we're actually dropping down the manpower which is not good uh for a city that's growing right but so on average you should have two firefighters one engineer operator a lieutenant who is an officer in the driver's seat and then the the captain would be the battalion okay so the engineer 
is the lieutenant? Not necessarily. So the engineers, the only all he's going to do is just drive the truck. Okay, the which is which is truck. which is what you just got promoted to. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. I'm I'm pretty much just a chauffeur now. Okay. Okay. And then you yeah. have the lieutenant who rides the seat. Correct. And the captain is the acting battalion, or is the battalion? Is the battalion chief? Yes, he's the one that's going to be in charge of everybody, pretty much. Okay, is what it is. And he doesn't ride the truck; he rides like the the. He buggy. has his own. He has his own. Yeah, he has his own buggy that okay. he rolls out to cars if he wants to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what's your minimum staffing? Minimum staffing is twenty on shift. Okay, and so on, you get, on a truck. On a tr- minimum staffing is going to be two firefighters, one engineer, and one officer. So you have that's four it. at all times. For oh, not necessarily. So every once in a while, since we're dropping down in manpower, they're fixing the restructure down to a three-man company. So uh, one one firefighter, one engineer, one officer. I got you. I, that's that's pretty <laughs> much a lot of the fire service today. Unfortunately, it is. It is. And and the, the the problem is like we don't have mutual aid. We do have a county fire department that is now encompassing a lot of the paid firefighters uh, from the city because you know they love the job. They just want to be part of fire every day. Right. So they're covering county, and if we do, if we we do catch a big job, mutual aid, we might get somebody from the base because they do have their own firefighters. Mind okay. you, it might take about an hour for them to come to our help. Wow, that's crazy. Now county, I mean, and, and you got to imagine they're only about five miles away. The okay. county, they have to grab enough personnel, especially certified personnel, they can come and assist us. So a lot of times, what they're doing for us is, you know, supplying water. Mm-hmm. Mind you, we do have plugs everywhere, but they're going to just, you know, tender to us and, and off their rigs if, if, if need be. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have no mutual aid when it, when it comes to kind of that kind of circumstance. So the nearest department from another city would be about an hour away. That is crazy. And yeah, it's so always... We're... No, go ahead. Go ahead. We are in the middle of nowhere. So we're two hours away from San Antonio, where Manny's at. We're two hours away from another major city, which is San Angelo. Two, and up, two hours away from another major city, which is Laredo. So it's very tough to get any type of help or entice people to come to this area. A lot of people that are from this area are actually born and raised in this area. So, you know, they they tend to grow up seeing the fire service here and they're like, okay, it's cool there. Uh, but when they get on board, they're like, okay, man, yeah, we are like the Wild West here. We are, you know, we come out with six shooters and we start gunning. So that's, that's the it. way we run. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you guys are it. That's, and that's what I love. When I we're doing this, listening to other people, because you know every fire department operates differently, and that's crazy that your mutual aid can be well over an hour away. Like that's Correct. wild. So you gotta you gotta think about this: is is a mandatory callback is a must. You're getting yeah. mondoed if we have something big. So if you're not available to, to be mondoed, which is a lot of times, I mean, people travel out of town, people mm-hmm. have other priorities that they're, that they're doing. They might mm-hmm. be drinking a beer, and they're like, "I'm sorry, just can't go." Right, but the thing is, you're gonna see guys in this area go through three bottles on a typical fire. We get a structure fire, we're going through two to three bottles and no problem. So, I mean, it's just a mandatory thing for us, man. We kind of just run with the guns, man. Like 105 degree day, I get worried about. I get worried. 114 degree day, and we get them fires, and we're 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 battling those structure fires in 105, 114 degree days when the humidity is about 70 percent. So you feel it immediately as soon as you get off the truck. So it's it's a preparation thing. It's all about that mindset and just acclimating yourself to the situation that you're dealt at hand. Right. A lot of these guys, these younger kids, don't understand that. So, but so when we train, I say we got to train like we fight. Yeah. If you train like you fight, you're gonna understand what the whole purpose of us doing this is for. So they will get along with the program and they will understand the reasons why we have to do this. It's all about being accountable, baby. That's all it says, you know. Man, yeah, yeah, I can see you're already starting to preach, man. I'm, I'm digging this. I'm digging <laughs> this, man. So, Seth, that's going to lead to my next question, which I already, I already know the answer. Physical fitness, very important, right? Correct. I mean, I'm not the most physical fitness guru that you can, you're going to meet, but I'm out there every day. I don't care. I mean, it'll be 30 degrees. It'll be 17 degrees. It'll be 115 degrees. I'm out there, and my boys know it. It's all about just staying at the top of your game. But it also means that you have to know where your balance is, mm-hmm. where you know where you have to stop and say, hey, I need to slow down just a tad bit before I start going into that realm of no return. You know what I mean? Right. So these guys, I mean, man, I got guys that are professional boxers in my group. Okay. You know, and their stamina is outrageous. Physique, amazing. 
I got guys that are, you know, m- you know, muscle machines. But, man, it's all about finding that fine balance in between both of them. Mm-hmm. And for me, man, the, the older you get, the more you learn. Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. big thing, man. You you watch Peter out, people Peter out the first ball. You're like, yo, what's going on, man? Right. So right. from my stance, I'm like, man, I'm an old cat compared to a lot of the guys that are in my crew. Right. I'm 42 years old, you know, and I get work done. Yeah. I mean, we just we just lost a guy the other a uh, couple months back, man. God rest his soul. But man, I will tell you what, that structure fire is about 105 degree day that I got to fight with him, and he goes, "Is it just me and you fighting this fire?" I said, "Yes, there it is." He goes, he goes and expletive word you know in between you go go yeah you're good you're good you're (laughs) good calling everybody punks man he's just calling everybody punks it was hilarious though man but this cat was an old cat with a cigarette in his mouth and we're just spraying down his house man by degree day yeah so it's i mean it's it's a it's a unique situation we're dealt with man because we have to understand i have to tell my guys understand man i mean we have to hold ourselves accountable for the situations we're put in right if i if i mean john spears says said it best himself you know do you want you saving you right you know you know right. what I mean? I mean, that's that's the number one thing is like, do I want these guys saving my family? Do I know what they're capable of? Do I know that they can actually handle what they need to be dealt with? Mm-hmm. So, man, it's just all about accountability at the end of the day, man. Yeah. When it comes to training, the, the health aspect, it, it comes down to accountability just to make sure that you know what you're doing and you can do it to the best of your ability. Okay. All right. So uh, that kind of will lead me into my next question of what what is the culture like within your department regarding pride training calls and camaraderie okay so our culture man is uh we have a hundred and a little over 120 year old department i believe uh we're or either that or we're, we're right about to hit that 120 year mark mm-hmm. uh and uh it's kind of we're, we're we're getting back up to the good stuff man okay. we're, we're building it back we're building it back to where it used to be now now we, uh from what i'm saying what i feel and what i tell my guys is like all i care about is the people in my house right now in my that I, I thoroughly care about and will give 100% effort to, to every one of these individuals at every single one of our house for that day. Because uh, and culturally speaking, I'm like, man, that's I want to build them up to see what I see. Mm-hmm. So I want them to feel like, hey, man, this guy actually cares about us. He wants us to be better. He wants us to be the best fireman we can actually be. Uh, and I want to spread that out. So on my previous shift, I came from a B shift. Now I'm on a C shift now. So... I knew I was coming into another shift where they were probably thinking, oh, here comes James. He's going to just like bombard us with training. I can only do so much with, 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 with limited time I have. So they're like, okay, right. they understand like he's not going to be as harsh as he is. Right. But man, the culture is getting back to where it needs to be. It's getting back to pe- being caring about the citizens that we, we actually work for. Giving them 120% every time we go out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the times, man, I mean, complacency is it's run amok. <laughs> Any department, we know yeah. it. So complacency is it's still there but slowly but surely but one person at a time we're building we're, we're building people up to kind of influence without you yourself being there mm-hmm. and that's where we need to be it's like just to influence that one person with that one percent of just hey just go out there and train for an hour man it, it makes it makes a difference right it'll open people's eyes it, it, it opens that dialogue for conversations and man it just slowly like i said slowly better it's after after a hundred years of this department being in in the city, and I I saw it tore down, I'm trying to bring it back up at least one person at a time, mm-hmm. and you know creating the traditions of like art. We have a tradition. I, I think I might have started, and it's a horrible tradition. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but it, but if it's a, if it's your birthday, you're buying steaks for your crew. Okay. And you buy them and you cook them. <laughs> <laughs> so people trade that. People trade that like, oh, crap. I'm not going to say that it's my birthday today because like, I don't want to buy steaks. But you know what? At the end of the day, we all have a great time. We all laugh about it. We're like, oh, okay. it's on you today, buddy. But right. the thing is, these, these, this, these, cultural, these cultural boundaries that, we're, that we were faced with were created by administration and the outside forces that pushed it upon them to kind of break us down. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But man, if you're here for the right reasons, if you're here to, you know, just work for the people that you work for because they're paying your salary, you're going to do the right thing. It's always, my, one of my captains told me, he goes, man, it's always better to you know, ask for forgiveness and permission. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure you've heard of that. Oh, yeah. So we do the right thing. If we get hounded up for it, we're going to ask for, for forgiveness at that point. Right. Other than that, we will continue to do the best that we do for the people that we work for. If that makes any type of sense. No, you're good. I mean, because I pretty much live by that. I, I, I mean, like, I'll, 
it all it all depends on what I, what I'm getting ready to do. I I always call it like I'm a rule follower, but I do bend the rules sometimes. And if I have to bend it, it's like I'm just gonna do it, and whatever happens, the the consequences Agreed. after, I'll deal with that afterwards. Like whatever. I agree, man, 100% wholeheartedly because of the fact that, man, those are not meant to be followed to a T sometimes. Exactly. Every every situation is different. It's different. Right, right. And, and no every, matter – go ahead, go ahead. Every situation will, pre- will present itself in a way that, hey, you have to do something to make this a better, better outcome. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, wholeheartedly, like, I mean, we all – we are here – we all are here – for the people that we serve, regardless of what, it's them. Right. Regardless of, you know, race, color, gender, we don't care. Exactly. If you're here for the right reason, you're here just to help the people that you serve. Now, for me, unfortunately, I'm, I'm put into a situation that um, I want to help the people that are next to me, too, to be better people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about me that entices people like, hey, man, I can come and talk to you about whatever. I, I have no idea. I mean, I've been told to have a smug look. I'm like, man, you look like a mean dude, but when we talk to you, you're just the nicest guy that I've ever met. Right. And I'm and I appreciate that. And I want to be that person that you can lean on and talk to. And I will get I won't even give you advice, but I just want to talk to you back and just say, hey, we all go through these ups and downs. And it's just a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Think of that sine wave, you know, that that electronic sine wave. It goes up and down like an AC, you know, hertz sine wave. So if you if you tweak that thing just a little bit, those sine waves are nice and tight and small. But then they can drag out long if you if you turn it the other way. Right. So it's it's all on how you make the, the situation. You know what I mean? I mean, either you deal with it and move forward or you linger on it and drag it out. So to me, I mean, it's just like, man, culturally in the department, we're in that we're in that short wave phase. So we're getting to that better phase. We're okay. doing good okay. uh, slowly, but better. We're, we're making the progress one foot, one step at a time is what we're doing. Awesome. All right. Um. So what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving this job? It's all about accountability, right? Just the, it's all my, on myself. I want to make sure that I come home, make sure my family's taken care of first. Right. My wife understands that I, she, when she hears me pray at night, she's like, ah, oh, man, she goes, I wish you prayed for yourself. I don't. I pray for everybody but myself because I want to make sure that everybody else has a good day. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we all come home safe. I pray for my brothers that are at work. So personally for me, it's like accountability. I want to make sure that I'm good at what I do, that I'm not speaking any type of bullshit pretty much. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that people, when they ask me a question, I'm not going to give them some false, some false sense of hope. If I can't find an answer, the best part about doing something like this is like, man, the resources are out there. Exactly. I mean, you go to your phone book on your phone and you can just start lift, uh, taking out names and be like, let me, ha- let me ask this guy real quick and get you that answer for you. But man, it's just all about that, man. I just want to hold myself to a higher position. That way people will themselves start to rise to that level. I want them to be better than I am. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's all at, man. I'm just trying to make the next person better than what I am. I mean, for me, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you can say that. It's just one of those feelings that like, I love my job. I love the people that I work with. And I just want to make the next person better. That's all it is. That's that's what this job is. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is, for me, is like, not not only do you want to help that next person next to you, but you want to help that citizen that we're actually getting to help. If you can make them smile, giggle a little bit in their worst day or worst time of need, you're doing something right. Right. And for me, man, I love that, man. When, when, When I get to speak to somebody in my butchered up Spanish, boy... I mean, it works great, man. I, I, they laugh at just the way I start talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, they understand where I'm coming from. They're like, okay, this guy's just trying to help me out to the best of my visibility. And uh, I'm going to give it to him 100% regardless of what. So it's all about just the accountability of my, on top of my, uh, that I put on myself in order to make other people better. I just right. want people to have a, a better day. So, I mean, whether you're having a bad day, I'm going to pull you aside, tell you, if you want to talk, I'm here to talk. Right. If I can get if I can get that smile out of you, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because too often, man, especially when it comes to firefighters, you know, we don't want to share the knowledge. If if we no. see somebody struggling, it's like, hey, if you can help somebody get better, help them get better because you never know. They might be or you might be in a situation where that's the person that's gonna help you 
get yourself out of a situation. And how would you feel knowing, oh, I need help? Man, you know, I never taught this guy how to do this. And he's struggling trying to help me out. At the end of the day, we're all, and you know, fire, firemen are there. Certain ones had egos, you know, big egos. But at the end of the day, man, we're just trying to make the job better for each other. It's just like your pod, the name of your podcast, man. Student of the craft. You have to be that student of the craft. Every day is a lesson learned, right? Whether it's a life, whether it's a life lesson or a lesson in the fire field, right? Which, but you're right. Um, hoarding knowledge is useless. Yeah. From in the aspect I've seen, I'm like, man, you might know all this stuff. You might have a, you might hold certain certificates and stuff like that. But what, what good does it do me? If you're not sharing that wisdom, because yeah. if you need it to be used on yourself, I don't know it. The next person won't know it. So you have to share that knowledge. That's one thing I, I love to do is like, man, I'll go to these training classes. I bring everything back and I want to dive. I just want to just vomit everything out. I'm like, right. this is what I learned. Right. Because I just, I want the people that couldn't experience that to experience it within their department. They'll be like, okay, now I can relate to this person and ask them any question because of the fact that I know this guy personally. Mm-hmm. So we try to just we try to just preach that man. You you go to something, you learn something, share it. There's no need to hoard it. Sharing is caring, bro. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's as simple as that. Sharing is caring, and like I always, we had a we had a pretty good little thing going with a buddy of mine who teaches teaches classes. Like a uh, knowledge shared, knowledge shared is like a uh, knowledge that's uh, obtained. But if you if you don't share it, it's just wasted information that you're keeping yourself. Yeah. So I mean. If you don't share it, it it becomes it just goes into a dumpster in your brain rather than out there and then shared along amongst the people. Right, right. No, I mean, I you know you take it back to like look at um all the all the work that Andy Fredericks has done without a doubt way back when, and yep. it's being used today because of information being shared. And I will say, uh, I'm not an expert, but I know Kyle Romagus is a big proportion, a big proportion of it because I remember listening to an interview with him where he was like, you know, he was getting um, cease and desist letters, threatening letters. Hey, you can't be sharing this stuff. And it's like, why the hell Agreed. not? This yeah, is the, the fire department is not a proprietary. Like we need to share information with each other to get better. It, it's evolutionary, man. We, we are always moving forward. If you wanted to, if you want us to regress, you are going to push that, those letters out and say, stop. Right, we have to move forward. I mean, it just sucks that the the past is actually coming back, and we know that that's the good stuff now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mind blowing. I mean, it's mind blowing. To, I mean, the biggest person that I get I get to look up to, which is very close to me, is Manny. Mm-hmm. Dude, Manny's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, but mind you, but mind you, there's guys that are like they're they're doing the same thing to him that they're doing to Kyle. Yeah, and 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 they're in the, they're in the local region. So I'm like, man, we all have we all have our different belief systems. We all work at the the job a little bit differently than the other, even if you're in the same department, mind you that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, man, when it comes down to it, the way you and your company works, it's gonna be in, uh, it's gonna be dictated by the way you guys trained. Right. So, man, for me, I like I hate to say, it, but like we extinguish water and we extinguish fire, and then we search from the back from the rooms back. I mean, that's that's the way we have to do it because we don't have the manpower to do a, a, a you know simultaneous search while we're attacking mm-hmm. that's just the way we do things so for me i want my guys to flow water to the best of their ability yeah i want them to not be as scared of, of a two and a half they need to get that into their heads and like hey water's not is i mean as long as you know who's pumping your your, your pipe mm-hmm. you'll be fine you'll be mm-hmm. fine and you'll be taken care of mm-hmm. but man it's just it's one of those things man that knowledge is out there why hold it back from everybody and when these guys push it out listen Right. Because it's something good. Right. And, and and listen with an open mind because, you know, like you stated, you go to you go to a conference, you come back, someone's going to be like, oh, what conference did you go to? I went to such and such uh, in FDNY. Well, we're not big as FDNY. I'm not saying we are, but look <laughs> at some of their tactics and you don't have to take it all in, but you can apply certain little things to make your department, your jurisdiction better. Right. But you know, you know, I, I, firemen, man, we we could be savages to each other. Oh yeah, I, it's just like I tell my. I, I get to talk to some of my chiefs, and I was like, man, our department should be the best on the freaking Texas Mexico border. We should be the best. As small as we are, we should be freaking good. Right. But when you limit these people, 
when you hinder training, mm-hmm. when you, yeah, man, I mean, you, you start closing doors on them and then you create that complacency within, within the administration. So they create that eight to five job. So when they work, they're struggling. Right. When they could have learned a tactic that would have benefited them in the long run. Right. So I'm like, man, dudes, like you guys got to understand like an hour of your day will make it that much better every, every day of the, of the year. Right. You know, as long as we, as long as we can push forward with just a little bit of, of either terminology, uh, just being out there in the fire ground training or, you know, just talking about it in general, man. What, it, what's a uh, Jeremy Donches, you know, uh, little line that he says at the end of his podcast that when you bring it back to the firehouse and you talk about it, you're making the job better. You know what okay. I mean? Just talk about it. Even if you just talk about it, man, mm-hmm. you're making it better. You're, you're creating a dialogue. You're creating an ideology. And the person says like, Hey man, we, we ought to just try it out. Right. For like, for me, nobody wants to do anything. I'm going to go out there by myself. I will go out there with a, with a couple of hoses. I've been there. The hose. I got my own pedo tube. Uh, I'll take a gator valve and go up to a plug and connect it. And I'm going to flow by myself. You know what happens? Somebody's going to come out. Somebody's, Somebody's going to join you. Mm-hmm. Once that next person joins you, they're going to want to know what you're doing. And that's when you start explaining to them, explain to them the dynamics of what you're doing and why you're doing it. They're like, okay, this is cool. They want to get a part. They want to be a part of it. They want to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then all it takes is just for one person to get out there and, and step aside and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to start this and we're going to do it. Creating. I mean, had a forcible entry class the other day. Had a couple of crews are like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. We got them down there for just a simple hour, just to, you know, crack a couple of doors and them have a good time. The officers who hate it, who have never worked on the door to tell the truth. When I go there and show them hands on step by step and nobody's laughing at them because we're all trying, we're just trying to better right. ourselves. Right. They start thinking in their heads, oh crap, this is fun. They start talking about it. They're asking the questions. So when you start asking the questions, to me, I, I've already unlocked the book. Mm-hmm. They want to. They want to be better. So at that point, they're like, "Okay, I want to do it and do it better, and I want to try different ways of doing it." So right then and there, it shows me that they do care about the training. It's just about getting them off their asses to get out there and doing it. That's it. That's that's the hardest part, you know. A lot of and I kind of go back to firemen that are afraid to train or scared to train usually deep down there's some sort of insecurity issue where they don't want to look bad because nobody wants to look bad in front of your peers. But as I tell one of my new firemen that I have, if you're going to fail, fail while you're training. And it's okay because you learn from failure. That way, when you get to the fire ground on that scene, you know not to make that same mistake. That's exactly right. I I just feel like that's what it is. You know, everyone's afraid to, I don't want to screw this up. It's like me, I personally, I don't care. If I screw something up, I'm going to screw it up. And, but that's how that's how I learn from it. You know, nobody's but you're perfect. Account, you're, but you're accountable to yourself and you would admit those faults. Oh, yeah. You got and you, that, you have to have humility in this job. I can so tell you that right the, now. One of the biggest lessons I learned in life was working with a bunch of old old ass dudes at the Border Patrol. They mm-hmm. told me the first thing they, they said. They say, hey, man, you admit to a fault, we move forward. And ever, ever since then, I've never looked back. Anytime I made it to any type of mistake or fault, I took I took a accountable a accountability for it, mm-hmm. and we just learned from it. And we moved on. But when the first time you start lying to about it or trying to blame that mistake on somebody else, right. Oh man, it drags on, the, and they want to investigate on who's going well, on who caused that that mistake. Right. So for for me, I get my rookies in. I love them when I get rookies in because it always it always keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it always just and, and it was me to be better makes myself more accountable to myself as far as the the health aspect goes because I got to stay up with these younger cats, and uh, I tell these guys like, man, I will never yell at you. I am gonna be by your side, and they tell me at the end of the show, they're like, hey, man, thank you for being like a real brother. You're like a big brother here. You're actually showing us what to do. You're not getting on us for making a mistake, but we we do it on the training field rather than on the fire ground. Right. Most important thing is, like you said, man, rather you fail on the training ground than the fire ground. So, but man, there's, there's a, there's ways of mentoring these kids and ways of not mentoring them and yelling at these kids at these, this day and age, it's not working. No, it's not working. A lot of these guys are hands-on people. They, mm-hmm. they, they're not by the book. Mm-hmm. You get, then you, then again, you got these guys that are, they can read a book and understand it wholeheartedly and they, they can 
apply it right then and there or versus a person like myself. I just don't do that. Right. I have to be hands on. Right. I, I've been I've been fortunate to be taught by people who have done done it in the hands on. So that's the only way I, I attribute myself to learning and attribute the way I teach is by the hands on method. I will explain it to you like the book will tell you. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead go ahead and from that point then take it to the outside stuff and then we're going to put our hands on what we need to be doing. Right. And for me, it's been working out great. Uh, these guys have uh, I've, I've kept tabs on a lot of the guys that I've worked with and uh, rather, I mean, it's sad to see them go, but I mean, they're doing bigger and better things and they attribute all their, 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 their learning from the classes that we taught at the department. Right. So it makes, it makes it a, a good point that I'm like saying we're doing something good. Okay. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that your um, your brother is also a firefighter. Does he work the same shift as you? Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't. He works on the A shift, which I call the asshole shift. <laughs> 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 we got freaking hilarious names for every shift. Of course, okay. Three shifts. He's he's on the A shift and the old, the newer side of the the old area. So he actually has a brand new truck that he gets to drive, which is freaking gorgeous. Okay. Uh, I got to, I, I was part of the, the build committee. So we spec'd that out really nice. Okay. But uh, he, yeah, he's on the, on the South side, very, very South side of us. He encompasses two highways. So he, he gets some, a, a majority of some really, really good calls and some good fires out on that area. Okay. So, and, yeah, and so, what, what's his rank? He is an engineer as well. He just got promoted last year. So okay. funny story. We took this the same test last year. We tied up because okay. of his years. Of, yeah, so because of his years of service, he got the promotion rather than me, which is all good because that gave me one more year of being a backup firefighter and training my people that I need to train. So okay. the cool part, yeah, the cool part of it is like I I got I got put in with my old officer and man, every day is a freaking hilarious day that we get to work together. So team, the team dynamic in, in my station, phenomenal, phenomenal. Man, you can open up to anybody if you have a problem. Um, but most of the times, man, we are having a blast. We love going to calls. We love helping the people. We want to, you know, it, that's our 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 goal, mm-hmm. is just to make the people's days better. So, okay, all right. Yeah. So that kind of perfect segue to the next question: What are your ultimate goals? Ultimate goal, ultimate goals, man. I was thinking about this when I was running today, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in reality, I just want to leave the, the the department that I'm part of better than I found it. I want to I want to instill a culture of learning. I want to instill that culture of like, man, we have it. We have to give 120% to these people every day by just giving them at least a 10% effort of our day. Mm-hmm. So and what that means is that I want them to know that training does mean something. Right. Uh, of course, everybody does see solutions, target solutions, whatever we're doing, right, to, to better ourselves, right? That's for an administration side. Mm-hmm. But I want them to do the hands-on portion of it so that they know that this is not that it's pretty easy to do if they can figure it out on their own. But man, it's all about just making it better than leaving it better than you found it. And then just like, man, for me, it's just like, man, the mindset of you coming in there and knowing that you're going to have a great day because of the people that you work with, that'll, that'll change the culture in it by itself. Do we understand that the culture is not going to change overnight? Of course not, man. It won't, it'll never change overnight, but slowly, but, but surely it'll evolve and, into something that is going to be better than what we, what we wanted, mm-hmm. but it's all up to us just to kind of just, you know, one person at a time, again, just change it and leave it better than we found it. All right. No, well said. I mean, you can't, you can't argue with that. Uh, that's pretty much the whole, the whole goal is coming into an organization and cause the organization owes you nothing. As I say, the, the fire department doesn't owe you shit. So Correct. you come in, you put in the work and you just try to leave it better for the next person. So well yep. said there. Well said. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, what are some key elements or factors needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank? Oh man. It's gotta be the humility portion. Like we talked about uh, being accountable to your situations and to yourself, mainly whether it's health wise, uh, the job wise or just life wise. Uh what I say, humidity, accountability. Uh, and I want you to just to be a, uh, a, wholehearted, a wholehearted good person, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that makes anybody a, a great firefighter, man. You don't have to have the skill set because this is a learned skill. Right. I mean, the skill set is not there for those. Like, I can be a firefighter. Anybody can be a firefighter. No, not really, man. It takes a certain individual to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Can you train somebody to, 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 to be a firefighter? Yeah, you can. But you have to have that stuff so you can actually admit your faults, uh, know where you're wrong, but yet move forward from that. Right. So those are, those are some things like I, I believe like, man, there's some hard asses out there. Mm-hmm. And they will not be accountable for anything because what are they going to do? They're going to find the next person to blame that sucker on. And those are the people that you do not want to be like. And if they if if their eyes are not open up wide enough to see that, I mean, you got to explain to them that's not the right thing to do. So, just having those those uh, even having some empathy, man, you have to have empathy. This is the job that's predominantly empathy based, like just having right. that feeling. I mean, you have to, man. I walk off a scene if it's something bad, I'm doing a sign of the cross because God, I feel horrible. Yeah. yeah. So you have to explain. You have to explain to the new people all these things, and so they can be a better person. If if they can mimic you in the way you walk, and if you're a good person, you're doing something right. And it, the, the, it goes back around too. If they're doing something good, and you and you can mimic that, they're doing something right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always a, there's always things to learn from off of each other. So, man, for me, it's just like, man, you have to, you just have to have the basics of life down to be a good to, to be a good firefighter. You don't have to be a, a hardcore ass individual because I've worked with those people, and you know what? You can build them up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a freaking person that's like mechanically inclined. You don't have to be a person who's like, oh, I just love the outdoors. I know what I'm doing. Right. No, you don't have to be any of that. But the thing is, you have to be a certain individual to want to be this person. Mm-hmm. So, firefighting, of course, we know, man. Like you're gonna you're gonna see some stuff. Right. So you you're gonna have to you're gonna have to learn how to deal with that. So I mean, that's where the empathy comes involved, man. You can talk to me, you can lean on my shoulders, you can we can spill the beans back and forth, man. But eventually through the day, we're gonna get each other either each other through it. So for me, I mean, like, man, just having and, and the thing is, at the end of the day, you got to have some balls. Yeah, girl or girl, girl or boy, right? You got to have some balls because the stuff that we're doing. Man, you're gonna be put through the thick of it. Yeah, and you you got to make sure that you can claw your way out if you need, if need be. So, man, those are. I mean, to me, I mean, anybody can be a firefighter. Uh, you just got to train them to to do it. Now, right. some people are gonna disagree with me on that. Where they're like, no, it takes a certain individual. Actually, I've seen it. I've seen it personally. I've, okay. I've dealt with guys where I just thought, were like, no, these guys are never gonna be good firefighters. Right. You know what? They left my area. And I've, I've taught them as much as I can. They left my area with the knowledge that they were presented with, and they grew. And now that, and I can tell you right now, there's some badass dudes. Mm-hmm. They are some badass truckies. And here, in my thought, I was like, eh, they might not be here for. They, they're just here for a job for the meanwhile. Right. But but in the long run, man, they became badass firefighters. Right. And this, so you, I don't like to pass judgment off by the the cover of that book. You have to get deep inside and see what's going on there, and. At that point, you can figure it out. Okay. Uh, b- beforehand, you mentioned your physical agility test. I just want to hear what did that consist of to get to get on. So you seen the combat challenge where they're doing like on Florida beaches and stuff like that. Yeah, they, yeah. So we do the exact same thing. We have our training tower, four stories. Got to carry a two and a half bundle high rise pack on, on your on your shoulder with a fifty pound weighted vest helmet. Before it used to be the air pack. Uh, fully right. bunked out helmet right. all that stuff right now they now they change it up to make make it a little easier on everybody so it's the 50 pound weighted vest hard hat gloves you throw that 50 pound um well that two and a half bundle high rise climb up the four stories drop it in a particular area you come to the railing hoist up that two and a half uh section of hose over mm-hmm. the railing mm-hmm. crawl back down walk through a little maze drag a hundred hundred foot of a uh, inch and three quarters spray it Drop it, and then we go to the dummy. Pick up that dummy and walk 100 feet back. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed on the Kaiser slit too. So they have to do the Kaiser slit. Okay. Well, so okay. So all within a time limit. Gotcha. Same time for for men and women too. So unfortunately, we don't we don't have any women in our department. We're mm-hmm. still waiting on that one to get through it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we've come close. We've come very close. It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. Sure. I'm waiting yeah. on it. Yeah, because that's one thing with, with this with this podcast, man. You know, I I interview a lot of a lot of men, and so I've reached out. I was at Fortune. I got Nicole on here, and then I have a I have a couple others that'll probably soon get released uh, as well. But 
<laughs> you know, there's some badass women out there, but they Without just don't get the the credit they deserve for this. I used to I used to work with one of them at the county fire department, man, and she was one stone cold girl, man. She was kick ass, dude. She was a you know a fitness guru, man, and we'd go out there and she put me to shame. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came on the fire ground, she loved it. We had a great time fighting fire together, man. We'd be out there in the middle, God knows where, right find these brush fires in 105 110 degree heat and she was like you know what this is fun getting dirty i'm like yeah, exactly right, right. <laughs> but she went off to it she went off to a bigger city up in san, san antonio area so she's doing extremely well and i'm proud of that girl okay all right yep. um you did mention the weather so mainly what is the weather like where you're at okay so so today is kind of a jury day we did have a cold front which is kind of nice man so it's at the end of april usually it's about already about in the 90s with okay. a good, uh, you know, seventy percent humidity. Okay. Uh, by the time we get into June, we're we're going to be reaching hundreds. There's there's been years where we've gone three months of straight hundred days. Straight hundred days. We're in the middle of the right on the actually the the border of the Chihuahua Desert. Okay. So it is hot. When it gets okay. hot, it's humid hot. For some reason, why it's humid here? We're about five hours from the coast, okay. but we do have a we do have the Rio Grande. We have the we have our lake. We have all sorts of river crossings, so I'm kind of wondering where we derive this humidity from, and I'm, that's right. the only thing I can contribute it to. You know what I mean? Right. But man, it is hot as Jerry. We've we've gone on fires, like I said. We fought a pretty good uh, uh, ATV shot fire in the 114 degree in the evening, in the evening. July 4th in wow. the evening. It was okay. nuts. It was okay. nuts. It was. We thought it was just a palm tree fire. We get out there, we're like, holy crap, man! Everything's on fire out here. So right, right. <laughs> And like you but said, um, when when it's a job, it's 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 go time because two or three bottles worth of of yes, correct. Time. It's, okay. it's, that's a norm. You got to understand that on average, we're getting about nine to twelve firefighters max at a job. Man, nine to twelve. That's that is it. crazy. We have a full on structure fire. We have we have nine to twelve people at max. Huh. So I mean, yeah, I mean, we we will get a EMS to show up and just to create a rehab for us to give us that box just so we can get in a cool environment. But right. it is hot. It is hot. Do I love it? I love it. Of course. I mean, I love to prepare myself in it. I, I, I mean, I have my own set of gear, which is nice. I do a lot of training outside. Mm-hmm. But then again, people under, underestimate me because they're like, man, you're still a bigger boy. I'm like, boy, I'm old, but I can do some old man's work. Right. <laughs> right. Man, I'm telling you, it's just crazy. I'm thinking nine to 12 and yeah, I, that's why it's important to get out of your wheelhouse, talk to yeah. other guys, because you, if you think your department's got a bad, man, there's departments out there that are doing more with less. And that's and yes. that's the bad thing. We're having to do more with less. And and it's not our administration's fault. It comes from the higher ups. Mm-hmm. It comes beyond them. And it's, that's where that's where the I, I kind of just like I leave it as it is. I'm like, I want to worry about what I can control. Right. Which is within my house, within within my station, within within my my shift. Mm-hmm. If I can just you know explain to the guys, this is why we need to do this. We can slowly move over to the next shift, right? Or to another individual, and they can bleed it onto other. I mean, I got I used to work with a guy. We used to teach a couple of classes out in Guadalupe County, up in San Antonio. Man, we had a blast. Of course, we come back down. Nobody wants to hear us. Of course, you know what I mean. Right. We're the ones with the targets on our back. I don't mind it. Give me that bigger target. I'll take it all day. Right. But the thing is, I know that I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why I'm doing it, just to make that next person better, to make sure that they go home to their families, to make sure that we all go home to our families. Right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. I mean, we're just here to make sure that we protect and serve to the best of our ability and make sure that, you know, we leave it better than we found it. And said it any better than that. Uh, last question for you. What do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? Without our doubt, it's going to be training. For me, it's training because we have a lot of these small rural departments just like mine, mm-hmm. two and a half hours away from anybody near us. Mm-hmm. But if we had the, the opportunities to go out there, even our administration go out there just to open up their eyes to see the possibilities of what's out there, to see that it's not so expensive to go to a local training. Because these small conferences are just as good as these giant conferences. Dude, yes, sir. Yep. I mean, it's it's and it's so much more relatable. It's more, it's the 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 impact you get from these smaller conferences. I think is a lot more stronger, just due to the fact that you're within a hands reach of, of a person that you can actually just say, "Hey, can I talk to you after the sh- after the show?" Yep. 
versus somebody walking off a stage and you're not going to see him. So he's in the mix of a crowd, you know, within with thousands of people. Yep. So with, for me, I'm like these hands-on small uh, conferences, these, these, that's where the tickets, the tickets at mm-hmm. for Texas, man, Texas is coming a long way. Yep. I mean, 15 years that I've been in service these past two or three years, man, it's, it's been a grand slam. dude. They're batting a thousand right now. I mean, I, it blows my mind that I get to work alongside Manny. I get to work alongside Josh, uh, Josh Silva, these, these cats that are like, they don't understand that they're my mentor, mm-hmm. but they're nice enough to say, Hey man, thank you for being you. Cause you help us out to make it, to make us better. Right. It blows my mind. I'm like, dude, who am I? I'm just a little old kid, uh, an right. old cat from, from the border of Texas. I just have a passion and, and love for what I do. I just want to make that person feel comfortable in what they're doing and, and ensure them that, that we're going to be positive about everything. And if there's any type of negativity, we're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no need to be negative about these situations where like, man, one person's talking bad shit. You know what? The hell with them. Yeah. We move forward with what we got to do. Right. We, we don't dwell. We don't dwell on that. You just move forward. Yeah. We, we have an agenda. We're just trying to make everything better. That same person, that person might be making it better his way. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it our way. Mm-hmm. And are, is everybody going to kind of, you know, mix them together perfectly? Never, man. No. It never no. happens. Right. Everybody has their own ideology. Right. So, man, it's like, man, it's all about just, you know, having fun at what we're doing, man. Just just having fun and spreading that knowledge, man. That's all it's based on. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, what, what blows my mind since you, you mentioned training, and I, I can't say I know for sure in all departments, but I know – some departments, if not most departments, the smallest itemary item itemary budget within the department is training. training. And if Correct. you think about it, that should be what gets, I'm not going to say the most because you have to pay your individuals if you have a large department. Apparatus costs money, especially nowadays. You're talking about over a million dollars for an engine, which is still ridiculous in my head, but Training the things the 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 one thing we need to do our job better gets the least amount of money. It, it's just it's crazy. And I, I like to just, I like to explain it to my guys this way. It's like understand that our training budget is so small that they're probably allocating a hundred dollars per person. That's fucking crazy. You need you got to understand it that way. You know what I mean? Right. So they're like we're we're getting enough to pay for the programs that we're using, mm-hmm. and that's all we're going off of. Right. So that's their train. That's the that's what they consider their training budget. But we're in reality, hands-on training is free. Yeah. It just takes you a little time and effort to kind of put something together. Just say, hey, let's go do this, and right. it's free. Right. Right. It we doesn't. Have the, we have. No good. We have the inst- we have the instructors for it. We what do we get certified for? Mm-hmm. To have a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. No, you wanted us to do something with it. Let us instruct. Right. Let us do our job and make sure that these guys can put the hands to the, you know, what did Manny say? Like uh, where the rubber rings the road. You got to put it to that point. Yeah. Anything that you see uh, visually on the screen or and start tapping in just answers, that doesn't get you nowhere. Right. It gives you the 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 knowledge base. But what about the 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 time to put put into an applicable purpose? Mm-hmm. You have to put you have to put it to to actual use. So yeah, I always, I, I like to tell my guys like, Hey man, understand this, our training budget is this much. So divided by all of us, right. On average, it's about a hundred bucks a person. <sighs> so I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, it's horrible. And no, it is. But, it really is. But hands-on training is free. And when you allow your guys to do it, they love the fact that they feel like actual firemen. Mm-hmm. They're actually putting, I mean, they're sweating, they're putting some sweat equity into what they're doing. They're getting some knowledge-based ideology out of it because of the fact that they're actually trying to figure out better ways of doing it, and yet you know, and yet it didn't cost the the the, the department a dime. It doesn't. That's right. It does not. I guarantee you, people will pull out of their pockets in order to make make things better for them as long as long as they're given the opportunity to. Dude, you're preaching because I can tell you, I pay out of my own pocket to go to training. We all and- we all do. It, it, it betters. I, I don't care. And you know what? I'm half the time I'm using my own time because you know what? Exactly. I'm not, I don't, if you're not going to let me off, that's fine. I'm just going to take off, use my own time. I'm bettering myself. I'll take that information back, try to better my crew. 
But at the end of the day, if you say no for me to not, you know, I'm not sending you this. Okay, I'm just gonna go anyways. And and the, and the good thing about that for me is like that's the selfish part of ourselves. We wanted to go to be better, right? But what are we doing? Well, we're being selfish at that moment, right? But we come back, we're we're giving it all out. We're just sharing it. Yeah. I mean, regardless, we pay for it. We're going to share that information, and that's what we want to do. We're just yeah. trying to better up the people. So, yeah, man, it's just like, man, for me, it's just like, man, you you give that person an opportunity to be a fireman and to train himself, mm-hmm. man, he will run with it 100 miles and running. Mm-hmm. And he's going to just want to be better at himself and want to better the next person. So, for me, it's just like, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. I mean, just just having that, letting them understand, like, computer-based computer-based training is not the way to go. No. But if you can put your, if you can, if you do, if you did the computer-based training, Apply it afterwards and see if it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do something with it. Do something with it. Right. So I mean, because it, it doesn't it doesn't take much for you to go out there an hour out of your 24-hour shift or if you work a 48-hour shift, whatever you work. It, and it doesn't have to be complex. I always like to do the basics because the basics is what we do mm. most of the time. Yes, you might get that call that's kind of like, ooh, some crazy high angle off the wall. But most of the time it's, Knowing how to stretch that line off, how to flake it out correctly, yeah. open that bail up, you know, get that line. Like that line. Yeah. You ready? All right. Next basic forcing this door. Now, door props, I will say door props to me are a, it's a confidence booster. Yes, it is. A lot of the times your residential doors in most areas are going to be your wood frame. They're not going to be the steel, it's not going to have that thick plate. But that's just a confidence booster. Yes, it now, is. the only time you'll get to those doors is if you have a commercial district, or, you know, an area yep. within your first do or whatnot. But once you get that done, okay, what's next? Search. Learning how to do a basic search. Call right. out. Listen. Don't do a search where you're, all right, I'm going left. I'm touching a wall. I got a cat. Like, shut up. Do your search. <laughs> Listen, because you might not hear that little cry or that cough. You know, it's all about the basics. So like when I go do, when I go do training with, with, with my fireman, it's like, Hey man, we're going to just go stretch this line. We'll hook up to this plug. We'll flow some water. We'll flow and move. We'll throw some ladders, nothing crazy. Just what we do normally. Yep. Yep. And I I agree with that 100% because that's what it all falls back on the basics. But if you never mastered your basics, you're not going to be proficient in what you do. Right. I want my guys to be proficient. And now that we work with less, I explained to my guys, we have to do a lot more, more with less. Yes. So I expect you to throw up that ladder by yourself. Mm-hmm. I expect you to force that door one man force. I expect these guys to kind of stretch this line by themselves. And when it comes to search, mind you, we will we will go on uh, two, two people at a time. Okay. But the thing is, I'm, I'm explaining them VS. I'm like, yo, we have the opportunity to do VS. One person can just hang out at the window. Yep. Make sure that he, he can call to you. Right. So, right. But the thing is, like, man – if we're never proficient on our basics, we won't we we won't be proficient at our job in general. Mm-hmm. You need to master your basics. You need, it needs to be mastered. Like you said, man, those are the five we call them the gold standard, five gold standard. Like I make sure my guys, I say, hey man, this is my list of what I want you to master. We will go through these every day. Mm-hmm. We will talk about this every day. We I will explain to you the reason why we're going to a low pressure hose line because they hate it. <laughs> but you know, I, I I give them the benefit of the doubt because they ha- they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. Right. So right. if they're never given the opportunity to learn about it, they're going to constantly just hate on something for a certain mm-hmm. reason. And they're mm-hmm. going to, you know what they're going to uh, fall back on? If so. You kidding me? Yeah. You can't fall back on if so to the manuals that you read and say that's the correct way of doing it. Right. That's the book way of doing it. Exactly. They, ain't the real, they ain't the realistic way of doing that's it. That's right. That's right. There's a difference between when you're taught in the academy and when you get out in the streets. And I hate to say it. Some people don't want to hear that, but it's true. You can teach the way the book teaches and tells you, okay, but that's great. But when you're out in the streets, it's a little different. The book is just to teach you to pass a test. That's right. That's, that's all right. it's there for. That's right. That's where you get your answers from. That's all it is. Yes. Street yes. knowledge. Street knowledge is is totally different than that book knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's what and that's what they have to learn. Yeah. No. And that's how awesome. they become. And that's how they become proficient. Is if if you learn that street knowledge, bro, that's it, man. You're good. Mm-hmm. You master those five, you, those five little areas of what you needed to master. That's it, man. You you are a good competent fireman. Right now, the thing is, how you explain that to the next person that's gonna be that's gonna re- 
fall back on you and how much of a communicator. And that's where extra skills come involved. You know what I mean? Because you have right. to learn how to instruct from that point. You learn how to, you have to learn how to communicate to the next person at that point. So mm-hmm. mastering those parts, master that first part, and then you move on to the next the next evolution, which is, you know, instructing and, and speaking. Right. And there's some guys that just flat out can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I mean, not everybody's made for everything, but yeah. No. That's just that's that's totally true, man. But no, I mean this this uh this this conversation has been it's been good. It's been tell you, that's what I, I love doing this because you meet especially when the when you meet a like-minded individual, man, it's just like, yes, this is what I've been preaching, what I've been trying to tell other people, that there are other people out there that think like this. And if we could if if firemen, if we could all get together on the same page, man, it would just it would just make things so much smoother. That's the problem. Like I hear these other podcasts, and it's a daily ritual for me. I'm listening to yours. I'm listening to National Fire Radio. I'm listening to, you know, the Salty Podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to every single podcast that I can listen to because of the fact that it just opens up your mind to the possibilities of what can happen. Right. Because man, there is so much positivity out there, especially coming from administrative positions, chiefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you listen to Scott Thompson, Corley Moore, you listen to all these big dogs. You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, and and you just you just in my head, I'm like. If my chief could just listen to this, I'm dead, <laughs> dude. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is no bash that to, yeah, to, I got to you officers out there, but like the Scott Thompsons, um, uh, I think Kyle Romagus is the chief, but I can't remember yeah. the name of oh Howard Reinwald, Walt Lewis, yep, uh, Mo Davis. These chiefs that get it, that never forget where they came from, that that remember the boots on the ground, you need to take care of these guys. And I always throw this in too. It's a two way street. If you have a chief that gives a damn about you, you also got to show why he needs to continue giving a damn. You You can't just, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to give a damn about the job. Yes. Yes. So So, it's a two way street, but my biggest issue is you have, if you're a chief, you have to care. You have to care about the guys you have yeah, to never forget what it was like. Uh, congratulations, you got promoted to chief. Okay, don't forget where you came from. Correct. You know, and that's you the know what, worst thing you could do. Out of all those chiefs that we just, you know, you just mentioned, the biggest the biggest thing in between them all is the humbleness factor. Right. They are so humble. What is it's not even funny. Right. That they're relatable. You can talk to them. It feels like you can just pull them aside and say, Hey Chief, I need to talk to you. Yes. And they're going to give you that two two minutes of your time of their time to say, hey, this what's going on? Right. Some of these some of these chiefs, man, there is a there. They come to that fact where they're uh, do as I say, not as I do type of thing. Right. Right. There's and a disconnect. Like, there's a big disconnect, especially when it comes to communication in those aspects. So don't ma'am. T- yes. Yes. Communication <laughs> is to me the biggest the biggest thing that needs to stay consistent communication yes. needs to stay consistent because, and I've said it in, in other episodes before I, I'm a huge fire nerd, man. I follow and I know guys that are on Kent land, yeah. uh, DC companies that are huge, uh, Los Angeles, Florida, California, all these successful and that gets so much hate departments. The one thing they have with their chief officers is they're consistent and the communication goes from the top down. And it doesn't matter if you're from a big department or a small exactly. department. Right? Exactly. It doesn't matter. Yep. You gotta have the communication. Yep. Communication is a big factor in anything as it's it's part of life. You can't communicate, you are doomed to fail. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah, and, I mean, think of it this way: deaf people can communicate. So if you have a voice, you better speak it. Right. <laughs> right. And and with communication, you need to make sure it's there because firemen, you never want to leave firemen. You never want to leave room for interpretation with firemen because they can go so many different ways. Yep. You know, if yeah. you have a vision, if you have a if you have a vision of how you want your department to be, make sure communication is important. It's got to be number one for it to succeed. Exactly. I mean, but, that's well said. Yeah, man. I <laughs> I appreciate this. This has been a good conversation. Um, I, th- I think the listeners are going to definitely enjoy this one for sure, man. It's it's been a pleasure. I'm glad that I reached out to you. Uh, I could see through your social media. I was like, man, this guy right here dialed in. Like we're going to get in contact, and like I am not afraid to reach out. I will reach out to anybody if I see you're you're pushing the agenda. You're pushing the right mindset for the fire service. 
just know I, you will get a message from me. I will be coming to holler at you. So, James, man, it's, it's been great. It's been great having man, you I, on. I, I, seriously, man, I appreciate you giving me a time to, and, a, and a platform to kind of voice my opinions or, or my voice itself. So yeah. thank you very much on what you're doing. And I, and I wish you continued success, man, because this is this is kick-ass. Thank you, man. I, I really do appreciate it, man. Thank appreciate you. It. All right. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.